info from page 3, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 25. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. There was evening, there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, and it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Thank you. All right. Well, if all the kids would like to come down the front, and we're going to have a bit of a think about that passage uh, that was just read out. So can we get the kids to come down the front? Come on down. And once you've sat down, sit down, sit down. I wonder if someone can tell me what this is. Anyone know what this is? Yes. 
It's a puzzle. That's right. This is a jigsaw puzzle. Did you know this was my Christmas present? I got this for Christmas, a jigsaw puzzle. Doesn't it look good? Doesn't that look fun? Uh, one night, um, me and uh, my wife, we sat down and we started doing the jigsaw puzzle and we got all the edges done and a little bit of this bench and then we went to bed and the next morning our kids got up and we never finished the puzzle. That's fun, isn't it? Pretty sure we've lost pieces now. But see, the thing about a jigsaw puzzle, the thing you need to do a jigsaw puzzle is the picture on the front of the box, okay? If you want to do a jigsaw puzzle, you need to see the picture on the front of the box because this shows you what the puzzle is meant to look like, doesn't it? When you get a jigsaw puzzle, all you have are just all these pieces all over the place with little bits of colour. It's really hard to know what it's meant to look like. But when you have the picture on the front of the box, you see what it's meant to look like, and you can start to put the pieces together. You know, life is a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle. Did you know that? Because life is full of all these different bits, and we're just trying to work out what we're meant to be doing in life. And do you know what? Even adults don't really know what they're doing with their lives. They're just trying to work it out as they go along, trying to put pieces all together. And one of the really helpful things when trying to work out what life is all about is if you can see a picture, like a picture on the front of the jigsaw puzzle, of what life is meant to look like, a picture of what the world is meant to look like. And the wonderful thing about what we just had read out to us, Genesis chapter 1, is that Genesis chapter 1 is a little bit like the picture on the front of that jigsaw puzzle. Genesis chapter 1 shows us what the world is meant to look like. Genesis chapter 1 shows us what life is meant to look like because it shows us what things were like when God made the world. And so we're going to see three things from this picture that God gives us of what the world is meant to look like today. And the first thing we're going to see is that God is Lord. Let me read out to you a verse from the very beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now that is an amazing verse because it tells us something really important about God. It tells us that God is the king. He is in charge. He is the Lord. First reason is because he's before everything. In the beginning, before anything else was made, God existed. Do you know what the number one question I get from kids all the time about God is? Number one question I get, does anyone know? Who made God? Put your hand up. Have you ever asked that question before? Who made God? We all want to know who made God. I'll tell you the answer. Nobody. Nobody made God. Because God has always existed. God has existed forever. And he's never had a beginning. And that means that he is before everyone else and anything else. Another amazing thing in this verse is we're told that God made everything. So I want you to have a look around. Have a look around at all the people here, everything you see in the world. God made that. God created everything. And because God created everything, God is above everything. You know, when I was a kid and I would get in an argument, I was trying to say that something of mine was better, 
I would say something like this. I'd say, well, mine's better times a thousand. You ever done this? And then the next person says, well, mine's better times a million. And then they say, well, mine's better times a hundred million. Well, mine's better times a billion. Well, mine's better times infinity. And then a really clever kid will say, mine's better times infinity plus one. And then the next kid says, well, mine's better infinity times infinity plus two. And you just keep on going, you get going higher and higher and higher and higher. But the Bible tells us you can't get any higher than God. He is right at the top. I want to show you something that my daughter did at creche. This is a crown that she made. Isn't that impressive? Doesn't that look great? Who wears a crown? Anyone tell me? Who wears a crown? Yeah? Yeah, well, that's true. In the world, who wears a crown? Who wears a crown? Well done. Very good. A king wears the crown. Genesis chapter 1 tells us exactly what you were saying, that actually God is in charge God wears the crown. He's the king. But do you know what something sad is? There's something sad. The Bible tells us that all of us have actually said, I don't want God as my king. Isn't that sad? The Bible says that all of us have actually said to God, I don't want you to be king. I'm going to put the crown on my head instead. And we say that I'm in charge. And the problem with that is, is that we make a real mess of the world when we do that. We think that we are in charge, but actually, when we look at the picture on the front of the box, when we read Genesis, we see that God is in charge. So that's the first thing we see. God is Lord. Okay. Second thing that we see is that God is line drawer. I've got something else to show you here. I want you to tell me what this is. Can anyone tell me what this is? Have a read. Have a read. Peter, what is this? Very good. Well done. It's a colouring in book. Who likes colouring in books? I love colouring in books. And the reason I like colouring in books is because the lines are already drawn for you. Isn't that helpful? Okay, I was never a very good drawer. And I would never be able to draw this. But the lines are already drawn for you, which means all you need to do is just colour in with pretty pink or pretty blue or whatever, and you can make a beautiful picture. What we actually see in this first chapter in Genesis is that God is a line drawer. That is, it's as if God has drawn the lines for our world to show us exactly what the world is meant to be like. So when you read it, When you read this first chapter, you see, wow, God was actually thinking really hard about exactly what he wanted his world to look like. He didn't just throw a whole bunch of stuff down on the ground and say, all right, good luck, everyone, work out whatever you want to do with that. No, he really thought about how he wanted to make his world. On the first three days, it's like he did the outline, and then in the next three days, he filled it in. So we have light on the first day and we have the moon and the stars on the, on the fourth day. We have uh, the sea and the sky on the second day and then we have birds and, and, and sea creatures on the fourth day. God is filling in his creation. He's really thinking about it and drawing the world exactly the way he wants it to be. And you know, right at the end of each day, do you know what he says about the world that he makes? He says, it is good. Because the way that God has designed the world 
is exactly how God wants it to be. The world is exactly, the, the way that God created the world is exactly the way God wants the world to be. But you know, there's something sad again. And that is that often we ignore the lines that God draws. We don't listen to God when it comes to how he wants the world to look. And we kind of, we want to just get rid of the lines that God draws and just start with a blank page ourselves and draw the world however we want it to be. You know, whether it's with gender or marriage or family or work or the environment, we take God's good creation and we twist it and distort it and turn it into what we want it to be rather than listening to the way that God has created the world in his good design. You know, kids, this is really funny. Do you know what parents like to do sometimes when they're really stressed and really anxious and tired at the end of the day? This has become really popular. Adults like doing colouring in books. Isn't that funny? This is really big now. Adults love their little colouring in books. And I wonder if the reason is because in a world now where it's just a blank piece of paper and people have to work out everything for themselves, they've ignored how God has set up the world, if it's just a little bit comforting to come home at the end of the day to some lines that are drawn already on a page and you just have to colour them in for yourself. But, you know, that's exactly what God gives us when he makes the world. He draws the lines of our world to show us exactly the way the world is meant to be. And our job is to have fun filling in those lines with colour. That is, living our lives exactly the way that God wants us to live, according to his good design. So, we've seen God is Lord. We've seen God is line drawer. Last one. God is... Life giver. Does anyone know what these are? Flowers. Very good. They're very pretty. Mmm, flowers. We're going to pretend these are real. Real flowers. That's right. Aren't they pretty? Now, God is a life giver. Did you notice that when we read that all of life comes from God? Everything that's alive today comes from God because God made everything. Which means if you want to have life, you need to be friends with God because God is the one who gives us life. But again, there's something sad, and that is that all of us have said to God, I don't want to follow you. I want to live my own way. And when we do that, we are actually saying no to life. We are rejecting the one who gives us life. You know, my wife really loves when I buy her flowers. She loves it. I'll come home and I'll say, I love you, and I give her the flowers, I give her a big kiss. Ah, but I don't like buying flowers. I think it's really silly, and do you know why? You can see how lucky my wife is. I think it's really silly because I think they're such a waste of money. Because you buy flowers, and after a couple of days, the leaves start falling off. Ah, I just bought it. Can you imagine buying a toy and in a couple of days, I bet you can actually, it starts to break. Oh, the leaves start falling off. And then after that, even worse, the flowers start to droop. And then after that, the water starts to look yucky and smelly. And eventually the flowers die. 
And if you're anything like us, you leave them in the house a week too long, then the whole house starts to smell. Why would you buy flowers? Now, why? I don't know if you've thought about this before. Why do flowers die? Well, it's because they've been cut from what gives them life, haven't they? They've been cut from the ground. And so what was giving them life is no longer giving them life anymore. And without that, they just, they die. And we are actually the same. When we are cut off from God, we no longer can live. We don't have life anymore. And so the big thing we see in Genesis 1 is, if you want to have life, you need to come to God. Because he is the source of all life. All right, we're going to finish up, but I want to tell you a story before we finish. There was a man named C.S. Lewis who wrote the books called the Narnia series. Put your hand up if you've ever read the Narnia series before. Yeah, Peter. The Narnia series, like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, great books. Well, this man who wrote those books, he didn't trust in Jesus for a long time. And in a book, he tells a story about the first time he went to Oxford. He was really excited because he heard all about it and the beautiful spires and towers, and he was really looking forward to seeing it. And he got out of the station, and he started to walk, and he got really upset because all he could see were these boring houses and these boring shops. He couldn't see anything exciting. So, but he thought, you know, near the station, that's always ugly. I'll keep on walking. So he kept on walking and walking and walking. And he still didn't see anything that impressive. And eventually, he walked so far that he actually ended up in the countryside. And it was only when he got there that he decided, you know, I'm going to stop and I'm going to turn around. And when he turned around, he saw a breathtaking sight. He saw the great spires and the towers and the amazing picture of Oxford there. You see, he'd gotten off on the wrong side of the station. And instead of walking into town, he was going into the suburb of Botley, which he doesn't seem to think much of in his book. He was going in the wrong direction. And he actually says, this was an allegory for my life. Because his whole life, he'd been walking in the wrong direction. He'd been walking away from God. But then he stopped, and he turned around, and he finally saw the way the world was meant to be the way that God had created the world to be. And he saw the beauty of that. And he started walking towards God. Well, you know, the Bible tells us we've all made this mistake too. We've all turned away from God. But when we look at the front of the picture on the box, when we see what the world's meant to be like, we're encouraged to actually turn back to God. And the wonderful message of Jesus is that Jesus has made a way for us to come back to God. Jesus made a way for us to come back to God so that he can be our king. He's made a way for us to come back to God so that we can live with him as our line drawer. We can listen to him about what life is meant to be about, what our purpose is and what his design for the world is. We can turn back to him as the life giver and find eternal life with God. Jesus has made a way for us to come back to our good God. Let's pray and thank God for that. Loving Father, we thank you so much that you are our good God who made the world. Father, you are our Lord. You are King. You're our line drawer. You show us the right way to live our life. And Father, you are our life giver.
Without you, we cannot have life. Please help us to all trust in Jesus so that we can be friends with you and live with you as our great God forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I think we're going to sing a song. Is that right? So if everyone would like to stand up, and the kids, you stay where you are, and I think we might even have some instruments for you.